0: Welcome to Wise Brussels Voices and the fourth episode of our series What's Next for NATO in a Digital Age. This series is part of a project run by Wise Brussels with three other chapters, Wise France, Wise UK and Wise DC, with the support of the US mission to NATO. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the following conversation was conducted
1: remotely resulting in sometimes unequal sound quality. In previous episode 2 and 3, you heard from our laureates on China and artificial intelligence, both in a NATO perspective. In this episode, you will hear from Isabel and Clotide on the third subject of the paper series, 5G technology. All the papers discussed in this series can be found online at wise-brussels.org. So
0: my name is Isabel Rocha. I work in the EU digital and trade policy for a global
2: trade association that's called BSA, the Software Alliance, and I'm based in Brussels. My name is Cloda. I work as a policy analyst in Ireland's leading think tank, the Institute of International European Affairs, uh, also called the IIEA. I'm currently based in Dublin and have worked in a number of European capitals prior, Paris, Brussels and Vienna.
1: I always started conversation with candidates with some question on how they work together. Isabel, get back to the London program when Clotilde and her started looking for a topic. Clodo and I met at the NATO
0: engages event in December last year. Uh, it took place in Westminster in London. A number of women in international uh, security-wise chapters organized a complimentary few days with briefings from the Foreign Affairs Commonwealth Office, the UK's Department of Defense, uh, the UK National Cybersecurity Center, among others. And so this really gave us uh, a first view of critical issues in NATO and security, which helped first frame our thoughts for the essay.
1: Well, could I tell me more on how they combined the complementary strengths to break down this policy brief? Given the
2: programme was limited to a number of days, Isabella and I worked remotely um, together between Dublin and Brussels. Um, so we exchanged some insights that we had uh, professionally, uh, but also from our personal research and Isabel had already developed quite advanced expertise because of her, her current role, which helped, and her own consultations with experts as well ensured um, that our research was well guided. And in addition to that, our drafts were reviewed by the program organizers, uh, which helped the structure to just to structure the final draft. And having two authors allowed us then to cross-check each other's assumptions and written argument and allowed us then to delve further into the detail and identify some more objective views? So it was definitely
0: enriching to be paired with someone who works in a different type of organization. Um, We each have our own focus in terms of policy, institutions, geography, and we each came with a different baggage. So it was clear that we were going to bring views complementing each other. Um, It was actually really easy to come up with the overall direction that we wanted to have for this piece and to come up with the structure. And technology surely helped with staying in touch and exchanging ideas. So it was a, a really smooth process, and we're very happy with the outcome.
1: Then we start our conversation on the topic, the fifth generation telecommunication technology, the 5G. I first ask them their respective opinion regarding potential match of NATO trends with national trends about 5G. Isabel explained me how. 5G is not so much different from another new technology. Emerging technologies really are already improving our
0: lives in in countless ways. Over the last few years, we've seen artificial intelligence, for example, evolve from a largely research-based technology to a commercial reality. It's integrated in our smartphones, in our homes, in our businesses. On the one hand, governments want to ensure that their countries are well-positioned to reap the benefits of AI. That means they share in terms of economic growth as well as the societal benefits that come with it. On the other hand, there are legitimate concerns about potential new risks. And 5G is no different. We will need to look at opportunities and risks. But 5G will be far and foremost an enabler for other technological developments. In the civilian space, for instance, we're talking about telemedicines or connected cars. And cybersecurity is critical if we are to realize the full benefits of these emerging technologies, including 5G. And that's where international coordination and shared best practices among NATO allies really comes in.
1: Clotet elaborates more on the relevance of NATO EU coordination on this matter.
3: So in our paper we recommended looking at what the EU has done to date. EU and NATO has quite a considerable overlap in terms of membership. So it's interesting to see what had been addressed in the EU and how this could fit into NATO thinking. One of the starting points that EU member states have different levels of maturity and sophistication regarding how they approach 5G technology, its development, deployment, and security considerations that come with it. EU is about looking at areas where it could harmonize approaches across member states or at least define a baseline of requirements on specific issues, in this case, 5G security. So, the EU first asked member states to do a risk assessment to identify main threats and threat actors and sensitive assets and vulnerabilities. Then, to come up with a EU level toolbox of mitigating measures to address cybersecurity risks at national and EU level. This kind of coordination approach to analyse the situation and introduce elements of response makes a lot of sense in the NATO context as well. Because of the overlap in membership between NATO and the EU, what the EU has done could easily feed into NATO's thinking about ways to address the 5G challenge in a holistic manner.
4: Beyond
1: EU and NATO potential complementary action just exposed, I ask Clotide how NATO can actually bring some added value to a nation when it comes to military application of 5G.
3: That's a really key question given much of the decision-making takes place at national level. Although multilateral efforts are now more challenged by nationalist tendencies, we have also never more needed international standards and international convergence on baseline security requirements, with so many actors and technologies at play, the most important five G applications will apply to the military domain of this transformation. Defense can benefit from the system for its own operational requirements. Five G automatic systems, for example, allow for the activation of defense in case of an attack, where there is little time for a decision. But more broadly, the alliance and its military pact consolidate further cooperation between the U.S. and Europe nations value. In this time, is to favor collective long-term security challenges over short-term economic short-term economic benefits that states may prefer.
1: We often said that any type of technology is neither inherently good or bad. Yet, on another end, a technology cannot be considered as completely neutral. So, when it comes to five G. Isabel, tell me more about opportunities and challenges impacting our national security and generated by 5G. 5G is an enabling technology.
0: It can help improve security in a number of ways, whether through improved logistics, maintenance or communications technology. A very basic example, uh, 5G will lower latency, it will improve response time of communications. And so that can be pretty significant improvement on a theater of operation, for instance. But over the coming year, industry and government will confront new security challenges as 5G networks expand. And although much of the 5G discussion to date has focused on hardware, secure software will play a crucial role in combating new risks, new security risks, and and addressing vulnerabilities. And so in this respect, Cloda and I are recommending to look at supply chain risk management, but also at the cybersecurity component of the software that is an important component of 5G. So our paper really offers some recommendations on how to come up with effective 5G supply chain risk management, given the deeply interconnected nature of supply chains and of the threats they face. And this is based on the work that BSA Software Alliance has conducted. So I really encourage uh, listeners to check out the the BSA website if they want to have
1: more details. In episode two, we discussed with Gabrielle and Natka about NATO approach toward China. And I asked them the impact of China's interest and presence in some alike critical communication infrastructure on national decision-making independence within NATO. So, i ask Lothar the same question. The geopolitical situation has vastly
2: changed in terms of commercial competition, but also defence. Taking account of this, China featured on the agenda for the first time the NATO meeting in London in late 2019. And the London Declaration that year, issued by heads of state and government, members of NATO, recognized China's growing influence in international policies that, quote unquote, present both opportunities and challenges that we need to address together as an alliance. So while China so often features in security discussions, given the influence of its economic power, our preference was to focus more on the technical side. And our article focused primarily on the risks and opportunities that 5G presents for NATO and allies, which needs to be further embedded in NATO's mandate and missions, regardless of its application.
1: To conclude this fascinating conversation, Isabel shared with me one more aspect of the 5G topic that she couldn't have the opportunity to tackle in the paper. So what we discussed in our paper
0: is an emerging and evolving issue. So we knew going in that we could not cover the entire scope in this one paper. For me, given the industry that I represent, what is front of mind is to make sure that software security is part of the 5G agenda for NATO and its allies. And industry really has a key role to play in supporting governments and international organizations when it comes to cybersecurity. And that is definitely relevant when we talk about 5G. BSA member companies are on the leading edge within the software industry when it comes to cybersecurity. They have pioneered best practices around security by design principles uh, that build stronger, uh, more secure software products that will be an important part of the 5G technology. So we really focus on how we can drive the adoption of those best practices at international level.
1: On her perspective, Clotade elaborated more on how the current COVID-19 pandemic demonstrates again how resilience of technology is important in our digital societies.
0: The current crisis uh, COVID pandemic is really bringing into light also how pervasive digital technologies are in our society. They support entire communities and economies from staying in touch with your loved ones to really help ensure that essential services keep running. So one element that COVID-19 highlights, perhaps, is also the importance of resilience of digital technologies, and that will be relevant for 5G. So that could be a topic for a future paper, maybe.
1: Indeed, as for many subjects in military affairs, resilience is one critical issue. And that is an interesting point to conclude this conversation on 5G in NATO. The next and final episode of our mini-series, we gather opinion from other women working in defense, reacting on the free papers of our laureates.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode, which was co-produced with Free Range Productions. We hope you liked it. Let us know what you thought on Twitter at wise, W-I-I-S Brussels or by commenting directly via your podcast
3: platform.